Do you like love? Are you a night owl? Then late night love is a place for you. Since life is negative enough, here we discuss everything love. What we love, who we love, and why we love. So join us on Saturday nights at 11.30 p.m. Pacific Time. And please remember, love everybody. Oh, welcome back. Let's see if we can prove my high school. Oh, wait a minute. Hey, I actually had the mic turned on. Look at that. I was going to say, let's see if I can prove my high school drama teacher wrong. And, and I can recite a poem with some enthusiasm. Uh, but, uh, you know, we forgot to check the mic. It happened to be on, but we forgot to check. All right. We do need to do that. That podcast pre-show checklist thing, by the way, my love. (laughs) We really do need to sit down here and do that. (laughs) We love doing the show. We just don't love doing the pre-work for the show. (laughs) But to be fair, it's been a long week for us over here. All right. So back to how we were supposed to start tonight's show. This is so hard to do without going, me going full Shatner. So you got and it's, do it. I can't go full Shatner. It's eleven thirty. The baby's sleeping. The windows open. We've got new neighbors. It's not like we're sitting in a nice, real studio, you know, with soundproofing, and you can be loud at eleven thirty. Look at that. You can be loud at eleven thirty, and nobody cares. It's not how it works. Because, in truth, my high school drama teacher was correct i have the acting ability of a shrew i can play myself really well or i can shatner something you know we can go full shatner i love going full shatner it's fun yeah that's mostly just for research if i need you to look something up so one of my favorite poems is actually by dylan thomas do not go gentle into that good night and i was going to sit here and read it for you tonight, but let's see if I can do it with, shall we say, style. Do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at the close of day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. The wise man at their end, no dark is right. Because the words have forked, no lightning They do not go gentle into that good night. Good men, the last wave by, crying how bright. Their frail deeds might have danced in a green bay. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Wild men who caught and sang in the sun and flight and learned too late, they grieved it on its way. Do not go gentle into that good night. Grave men near death who see with blinding sight. Blind eyes could not blaze like meteors and be gay. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. And you, my father, there the sad height. Curse, bless me now. With your fierce tears I pray. Do not go gentle into that good night. Rage. Rage against the dying of the light. And I put a couple of my own commas and stuff in there, but that was actually not bad considering I hadn't read that in like a year and a half. And it's better if you go full full, full Shatner on that one. But that's not actually wasn't bad. Because you either have to go full Tom... Shatner, are you trying to hit some emotional thing? I guess I'm emotional nerves these days. You know, these are uh, difficult times for everybody. You know, life is stressful. And, uh, you know, what we try to do here is we try to be uh, a light into that darkness that has descended upon us because hopefully it is darkest before the dawn 
and we can all look to a brighter future. And we starts with here with us. So as you can see, we have our love line working. Hopefully we don't actually know, <laughs> but we have a number and it's a Skype number. So it's you, everybody should be able to, it should work. Um, I, ooh, I should actually add that to my screen, but we'll see how this goes. Uh, let me actually do that now. Why I, there we go. Oops. There we go. Okay. Sorry about all that. I forgot to do that before. Again, back to that. We should make the checklist thing. But anyway. And yes, for vamping, because it was a busy week, I had lots of, uh, shall we say, my other duties I took a lot of precedence this week. And so I didn't get a lot of thought into what we're going to put the show on but then again when you talk about love all you really have to do is open your heart and uh, find something to talk about it's not that hard so let's see if I can do it without involving politics which is the hard part for me because I get so sucked into politics it's uh, the reason I sit here and do this so I can get an hour a week away from politics, look at the world differently, make sure I don't get lost in my own bubble because we love humanity here, all of humanity. And it is difficult to watch the uh, modern world. So there was something on my mind the other day. Let's see if I can remember what it is without some long, awkward pause. So I am going to sit here and pretend to be talking about something here in the minute while I'm trying to remember what the hell it was I wanted to talk about. <laughs> I'm actually pretty good at this, I, to be honest. I can sit here and talk with the best of them and not have to actually say very much. It's the political part of me that I really dislike, but it's part of the... <laughs> part of the curse. Um, but I will tell you, it is touches on politics, but it's not really politics. What I did love seeing these last couple of days is young people getting together, being willing to have difficult conversations. I loved that. I don't really care what their politics were. I don't care what they were discussing the fact that they were said, look, you're going to have to have conversations and you're not going to get at, you can't get angry at the person talking to you're talking with, right? We want these free flow of, of information, the free flow of discussion. We want the free flow of perspectives because that's how we move forward. And the fact that these mostly young people understood that and were willing to have those difficult discussions was a bright spot. In an otherwise dark time. And we should look for those. We should embrace those. And we should love those moments when we find them. Because there are more of them out there than we think. See, humans have a nasty habit of looking for what is not ordinary. Which is why we tend to see violence. Which is why we tend to see the, the destruction, the bad parts of the world, because for the most part, the world works. You love your friends, you love your neighbors, you love your family, everybody gets along. So when something goes wrong, it sticks out like a sore thumb. Now, some sore thumbs we have ignored, but that's not what we're here to discuss. We're here to discuss the other side of that. The stuff we love that we maybe take advantage of, that we don't consider, you know, those little things in life that we, I wouldn't want to say ignore, but we don't honor to what they really mean. When you're walking down the street and your neighbor, you know, is walking their dogs and they're a little, pull their dog a little bit closer just so it doesn't scare you as you're walking your child down the, down the street or 
in my particular case, I was walking my grandson down the street this morning. Well, okay. Technically, my grandson was walking me down the street. He's what, one and a half, something a little over one and a half. He's just kind of walking and he wanted to go for a walk. So I took, uh, so he took me for a walk and he's walking down and people walking the other way with their dogs and they behold their, you know, they don't, they just take hold their dog a little tighter and they keep walking by. They say hi. They say hi to him. You know, he's a little, little kids. He stops, he looks and yells whatever the heck he means in baby language, you know, and everybody smiles and everybody moves on. And we don't think about that enough. Those little moments happen all day, every day, everywhere. That is human love. We don't think of it that way, but it is. Love thy neighbor for, you know, the religious folks. We have uh, Thank you, sir, for paying attention. We love you over here. Who are you talking to? Um, Bob, John Socrates. I can't mispronounce those guys' names. I, I am the worst person to be a TV host. I butcher names to save my to save my couldn't save my life i seriously do i butcher names i should not be a politician or a tv host because i cannot say people's names <laughs> it, it's like and i can't remember them which makes me an awful politician i'm a terrible person at networking um, i love talking to people and i and i'm very good at um remembering them and remembering their you know their families and how many children they have but if you ask me their name or ask me to say it correctly, if it's anything other than what my simplistic American eyes can read, just, <laughs> my tongue doesn't say it. What is it? My German teacher in high school, she says, you don't have a tongue for foreign languages. <laughs> and she was correct. I could read it. I could understand it, but I couldn't speak German to save my life. And I don't trust me. I can't read it or, or understand it now. So I, you know, failed German twice. So it is what it is. I don't. She she was a wonderful woman, by the way, but uh, and a good teacher. I just don't have a tongue for languages, and so, which is how I end up being a politician and a TV podcast host is because I'm open. Somehow people seem to honor that, respect that. And it seems to be a uh, quality that appears to be missing in the modern world. So much of life is superficial. You know, be it the, the phoniness of some social media. I actually don't find all of social media phony. I actually think the phoniness is smaller than it is, than it appears. But back to the sore thumb theory, we see the bad points and we ignore the good. Ah, your, uh, your prodigy has spoken. Her neighbors love her dog Maverick. And it warms her heart, and you kneel down, and you give him pets and kisses. And those are moments she uh, tries to make sure she enjoys with them. And that's that's the point. It's uh, you know those moments. You know that's a nice moment for your neighbors. You know it's a happy, uplifting moment. You know that might be the only smile someone gets that day. You don't know. You don't know how what kind of a day that person's having. Maybe it changes their whole mood around. You know, you know how sometimes you can just be kind of dragging butt and something gives you something to smile about and uh, your, your whole mood can uplift. You have a friendly conversation, a friendly moment. You can feel lighter. It makes it easier to get through your day. I know it does for me. It's a surprise what can brighten my mood, brighten my day. 
But speaking of dogs, it's it's an interesting thing about love. I used to have a dog um, yeah, it was a, many, many moons ago at this point. Uh, he was a big black thing. Uh, he was a big ball of fur, though, because most of it, he was actually quite skinny and scrawny. But he had this big, huge thing of fur, so he looked like a really big dog. But he used to get out all the time. And he used to go down to the Ronald McDonald house and play with the children and the families. But one day he didn't make it home. Black dogs crossing busy streets are not a, at night, are not a good thing. And uh, we had people from the children's hospital come and tell us about how much she had meant to them. And that, you know, your pet can be loved by other people, maybe even more than, you know, you love them yourself. And it's a guilt you can sometimes carry. Don't get me wrong. I love my dog. He was a, <laughs> he was about as bright as a box of rocks, but he had a warm and wonderful heart. He loved children. And I think that's something that clearly came across to the people at the, uh, on the McDonald house. And the animal control people were very kind. Everybody took care of everything. I don't, they, somebody else raised the money to do everything to take care of them. We didn't have to do anything, which was helpful. But it's that kind of love. Dogs have love, they really do. And they're not the only animal. We're just the ones we see closest. But they don't love just us. They love each other. Um, you can see a family. You know, animal families. They exist. And there is some kind of family attraction. You know, not all animals have it. But humans seem to have developed a stronger bond than most others. And we have a stronger ability to bond with others outside of our genetic gene pools. Yes, it was. Hmm? No, it was Tierra. She said it was nice that the community came together. I'm sorry, I forget that you can't. I, mean, I should probably watch the live stream on that. <laughs> She said, the dogs are so special and they all touch so many people's heart. And this is true. The, the dogs that have a true heart really do have a way of connecting with people. Um, that's why they use them in the, to visit sick people in hospitals and, and things like that. They have some special dogs that they can take to hospitals. There's dogs with some kind of quality. They're just so open and are so willing to accept whatever risk that comes along with being around people, that it's not a risk in a sense. Once you get a hold of the right people. It fulfills something in them. Yeah. Dogs have any... It's interesting. I suppose that's a, that's a deep philosophical. Do we want to get into deep philosophical issues? <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, pets can be irritating, right? It's depending upon your thing. We have a dog across the street. He barks a lot at night, but it doesn't bother me because I used to helicopters and stuff. And if you used to helicopters, dogs don't bother you. <laughs> but, you know, I don't like cleaning up after my pets. That's why I don't like have pets. It's I just simply just don't like cleaning up. I'm lazy. And so... I'm old. If I was younger, I'd probably, if I was older, maybe I would get a dog. If I was older by myself, need some companionship. But I have all the love I need in my house now. So, you know, and we may get one. My loving is, has a need for a pet. But with a toddler running around, it's kind of maybe not the right time for, for her, her cat, for the lovey cat. 
We'll get a lovey cat one of these days. He'll be old enough. <laughs> I also love when her daughter sleeps. Tonight she is not blessing me with that joy. <laughs> ah, the joys. That's called payback, my dear. Now, I wasn't blessed with your not sleeping at night when you were a child of two. But your mother was. And uh, that's called payback. Staying up at night, two years old, a child don't want to go to bed because something might happen. Something's going on. I did have boys, though. And, well, in summer, she still doesn't go to bed. So uh, I hear you. Well, when I put that life is negative enough, it was why I started the show was because my personal life um, deals with negativity so much that I have to have to find an outlet where I could focus on things that are almost purely positive. You know, someone who's I'm running for office here, local assembly, like a state assembly and and I, you, I know even in Africa, you guys have seen the, there's riots and, and social unrest on top of the COVID-19 thing, on top of a loss of jobs because of some a thing we call here AB5, where my kind of living, my style of living has been taken away. And so we're all trying to sort all this chaos out. And so... The point of the show was to find an hour, two hours, however, however we end up getting, to just focus on the positive. You turn on the news and everything's negative. And so here we try to talk about what is positive. <laughs> Toddlers and kitty boxes, no, they don't. Ah, there we go. And so I'll go back here. And so it's not that my life is actually negative. It's the the life we see, the perspective at which we get fed so much of life is negative. And so I wanted to look at life from a more positive perspective and take an hour a day, make sure we take an hour a day and express our love for things, the small things, the big things, uh, help people who are having trouble with love. You know, um, whether it's your friends, your family, you know, you maybe you're trying to work through some difficulty with, a, you know, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your spouse. You say, I don't know what to do with them. The sucker won't put the goddamn toilet seat down. Yeah, you can call me for that. I don't know if I'm going to give you a good answer, but I, you can call me and we can talk about it. So what is your answer? Like I said, I don't think I have a good answer, but we can call and talk about it. <laughs> But wait, we put the toilets. Well, it depends which toilet seat you're, can't, you're talking about. And and when you have a house of you know four boys, uh, three boys, and then you know it, it happens because they're teenage boys, but they're no longer here, so we don't have that problem anymore. It's just me and Mitch. Josiah's too young for that yet. Just saying. He'll forget because he's a, he'll be a teenager. But of course, he may probably won't be here when he's that old. They're not going to live here forever. So his house is too little. You know, I love watching him grow up. I really do. I forget how much I love babies. But I also remember how glad I am that I am don't raising children anymore. Oh, come on. Our baby would have looked so cute. Our baby can look as cute as her wants. I'm too freaking old. <laughs> I would love to be young enough to have it. I really would. In a sense, there is that part of me who would love to be young enough to have a child. Because I love having child. Yeah. I love I love yeah. raising children. Yeah, it's, it's what I love to do. But there's this thing called reality. And it's just, <laughs> Something 
about when the grandchildren come around, you know, it's like it's their time now. No, I'm just old. I'm just old with bad knees, a bad back, a bad neck, and have been in hit, hit in the head a few too many times. No, no more children. <laughs> I'm just saying, what you want from me? <laughs> everything. Yeah, I know. But... Yeah, my, my ability to give everything. I can give everything I have of me, but that's, that's all I want. But, you know, how much that is worth to the outside world is about six cents. Huh. <laughs> I'm joking. I love myself a little bit more than that. A quarter. <laughs> and we're vamping again because I ran out of subject. What time is it? Hey, we've been going out 26 minutes. We're almost done. Well, halfway. Sort of. Let's see what we got. Um, I, could, I need a better chair. I would love to have a better chair. I think password. Or I could sit in it properly, I guess. Maybe it would be a that's what I would love to be able to do is be able love to be able to fix me. You all right there? You got a headache? Pressure. Yeah. You can go lay down. Pressure, yeah. You, you would love to have what? What would you love to have? Better posture. But I'm old and I've had pos bad posture my whole life. And I don't think I'm going to change anytime soon. Let's see. What else we've got? Do you want to look over that? Thing you had that I oh, well, we did have a list of topics, didn't we? We actually lost our only viewer. We did have a list of topics. I did have a list of topics. I just don't know what I did with them. Do, 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 do. Come on. All right. Uh, sorry, people. I apologize that this is taking me so long to bring this up, but somehow it's... It's not showing me what I'm looking for. I will find it. I will find it. There you go. And. Ah, here we go. Oh, good Lord. Well, this is a bitch of a question, but we'll start with it because it's okay, important. What's the question? What do you think the secret to a happy marriage is? That's a loaded question. And where are we at? At the 57 minute mark. So at the 27 minute mark, just so we. The secret to a happy marriage. Well, before I have to go for anything, I have to qualify that. Wait, well, I'm not sure I'm qualified to answer this man's question. I'm not sure I've had successful marriages. Even though we're not technically married, but we've been successful. Ten so, years growing. So there's, so there's that. There's two things, really, for a successful marriage. And there's no guarantee that even these are going to work because of how life is. You could still end up growing apart and needing different, having different needs that aren't available to be fulfilled. But there are two things you can do to insanely increase your chance of having a successful marriage. The very first thing you need to do is to be honest with yourself. Because if you're not honest with yourself, you can't be honest with anybody else. And if you can't be honest with anybody else, you can't have a successful marriage. The second one is you have to find out how to be honest with love. Because what tends to happen is when you have a problem in a marriage, it becomes personal. Because, again, those who we talked about it, I think, last week, that those who you care the most about are able to hurt you the most deeply. So even a, what would be for somebody else, a minor pain 
from someone with whom you've given all your love to. It's it's a much more severe wound, much harder to heal, and much harder to forgive. But forgive you must, because you yourself are not perfect. We all accidentally wound those we love. We just do. We're human beings. We have bad days. I know with us, we're generally pretty good, except when we're both having a bad day at the oh, same man. day. <laughs> We've had our worst fights. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're pretty good. If one of us is just having a bad day or one of us is in a bad mental space, no we're problem. great. We're great. No problem. We give each other the space they need to kind of, but man, if we're both having bad days and so the key is there is to realize, hey, you know, we're both having a bad days. We're going to these days. Essentially, we're just not going to fuck with each other today. You're going to go over, do your thing. I go do my thing. We're not going to have to count on each other these days. And what ends up happening is that freedom. One of us is closer to not having a bad day is having a less bad day than the others. And one of us is able to pull ourselves out of it and then and become what the other person needs that day. And that helps that other person be, get out of their thing. And then you can go have yours. Because we always do that. That other half always comes. You have to go back and have the rest of your bad day. You have to be allowed to be human. You're not inhuman. Um, we all have the bad days. But that's what I mean to be honesty with compassion. You go, you're irritating the living crap out of me today. Can we just kind of stay away from each other and I'll do my thing and you do yours and not take it personally any more than today. <laughs> you don't say that. You say I'm, I feel irritable today. Yes, but we found our own way to communicate and, and everybody else will find their you own way. You don't say, say you're irritating the shit out of me. <laughs> That's that honest with love thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have found out a way to do that without doing that. <laughs> Yes, I have. <laughs> you know exactly what I mean. And because most of the time when you're the day she's irritated me, it's not her that's actually irritated. It's me that's irritated. I'm a I'm a exposed nerve. Everything is irritating. And so everything is irritating. I get it. And so when I say it's her that she's it's really not her, but I'm in, in such a bad headspace that I can't process that it's me. And she gives me the freedom to do that. And then we talk about it later and I say, Paul, I'm sorry. I was all nervous and on edgy. And she says, it's okay. I love you. And then, and then a week later we have the reverse because that's, you know, how life is. And I guess if there's a third thing is don't keep score. You know, if one person is trying a lot more than another, one person is giving the genuine effort, giving the open and honest Communication. You don't have to keep a score pad, a mental score pad that's psychologically damaging. Not just to you, it's but to the relationship. Oh, that's just the other way. Not just to the relationship, but to you. Because you start trading love and your love life like a sporting event. Like you need to score points. Or you need to prevent the other person from scoring points. It's a toxic way of looking at life. Yeah. Yeah. It is. If you think of it that way, but we don't think of it that way when Sounds we're in exhausting. it. exhausting. Yeah, but people do. A lot of people do. Last week, I did. I made you a sandwich and, you know, that kind of thing or whatever. And you didn't do anything back for me, or I went and got picked you up at the at the bar, or you know whatever the laundry list of thing is. And and there's a truth to it. There's a truth to to that. There's a reason people actually start to keep lists, just because at some reason they feel they're not taking being appreciated, fully okay. appreciated. Right. Now whether that's a perception or a reality because a lot of times it's they are being appreciated they just don't see it because they're lost in their own bubble a lot of times that's where the stay-at-home mothers and you got the the, the the father working 10 12 hours a day 
and then he they do appreciate each other, just freaking exhausted. And so and, <laughs> right. And so they kind of and then they start fighting with each other instead of working together and saying, look, we've got this problem. You're working a lot and I'm working a lot and we're not communicating properly. And that few times we've got, we have to tighten up our communication. We have to not waste so much time when we're communicating on things that are. uh, Like keeping score. Like keeping score. Superficial. That's the word I was actually looking for, but but I wouldn't have come there if you hadn't given it because that's that's is keep the keeping score superficial. It's well, it's about what you want, not about what makes the relationship better. And then it builds to a uh, to a toxic thought process where you're no longer trying to build something together and you each do what you're good at. And, and as it builds along, you've come up with something beautiful. You start competing and trying to win against your partner. And well, if you think about it, do you really want to team up with a defeated person? Do you really want to defeat somebody you love? You know, it, but that's the mindset that they're setting up. It's when you get in an argument with somebody, especially someone, you know, you love your spouse. So when you have to have a long-term relationship with you, trying to win the argument is a very bad tactic. I just try to understand where the heck you're coming from. That's just a challenge enough right there. Forget about winning anything. <laughs> but that's what I mean. We don't go into it trying to win. We go going it trying to figure out what the hell happened. What are you thinking? <laughs> what the hell is going on? I don't understand. <laughs> How many times do I got I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we go in to understand. We don't go in to win. I want this out of this argument. I go, no, I want to understand what's happening so I can understand it. And it's fine if it continues, if I can understand it, or if not, then there's something else that's happening. We can change whatever's going on. But I can't ask for something if I don't understand what I'm asking for. And so that's what we do, is we we search for that understanding. And once we get the understanding, we're very good at figuring out, okay, how do we move past move this yeah. deal with whatever it is because a lot of times it's oh okay I get it now I don't have to really deal with anything because I don't have to do much <laughs> nine times out of ten oh. oh okay oh now it makes some sense all right never mind, <laughs> never mind. I'm good <laughs> or uh, eh, eh, I don't particularly like it but it's your thing or something like that it's not really my place or whatever it is it's, it's settled because we've understood and I think understanding is the most maybe it is maybe working through all that so after all that what is the uh, secret to a lasting marriage understanding the search for understanding the continual search for understanding it never ends but that's okay it's an adventure that's the journey that's what you signed up for yeah you know you didn't sign up for life to sit in one spot humans are complex creatures if you don't want to grow apart you have to understand you know there's no right way through life lots of people have tried to write books and you know, but there's no right way through life. There's no script. There's no A, B, C, D. If you do A, B, C, you get D. It doesn't actually work that way. So we all just try the best we can to understand those you love because you love them. 
right? Yeah. All right. Let's see. What we've got else. We got. Uh, I need my glasses back. Describe an ideal wedding. Well, yeah. That's, that's easy. I mean, that's not. I can't fill. I can't fill any time with that topic. I have literally just now filled more time with that topic, not answering that question, than I can answering that question. Okay. What kind of flowers? Why would I want to buy flowers? my bouquet. No, you know what my wedding is? Hey, yeah. you're a woman. Will you marry me? <laughs> do, you believe, do you agree to be married? <laughs> Y'all good with that? That would be my thing. Yeah. See, that's it. I'm a simple man. Okay. Yeah, like I should be hosting a love line at night, right? <laughs> 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 but I don't like that overly exp- it, it, it seems like a lot of fluffery to me and, and so I'm a simple guy so all the traditions and all the hoo-ha okay well most of that is, uh, is just average people trying to do what the rich people of ancient England were trying to do why do I want to do all that I'm a poor American. And now we got it worse now. Destination weddings and all kinds of all kinds of crap. It seems more about entertaining the guests, you know, from what I've seen. Yeah, well, it's hard to know because I guess if you think about it, most weddings don't really get heard of. Most weddings are quiet. They happen quietly between friends and family, and there's no big brouhaha. And so it's really hard to know. Because if you listen to the wedding industry, yeah, everybody's doing these big, huge, huge things. But I suspect that most weddings are quiet, planned by a handful of people. And, you know, we had a friend who recently was married, and that's what they did. It was quiet, handful of friends. Now it was done during the whole COVID-19 thing. but And so, you know, a big wedding was out of the cards anyway. But I suspect it wouldn't have been a big to do so i suspect more people do not quite as radical something as i would but you know i mean i would be open to compromise let's not be i do what my lovey wants me to do um <laughs> to a point she said i could wear a purple uh purple uh tux so Yes, I said if we if we, wear whatever you want. I said if there's gonna be a, a wedding, any type of wedding ceremony or anything, I have to wear a purple tux. It's the only way you get me to do it. Hey, if I'm gonna do it, I got a shatner the whole thing. Why would why would we get married? Why would we just do a commitment ceremony? Everything is wonderful the way it is. Well, not well. I'm libertarian. I don't have. I don't need paperwork to be married. No. I don't need paperwork to be divorced. But that's another question. Why would, why would, everything is beautiful. Why would we want to change that? Okay. Damn it. This is so good. We need to get the government involved. Woman. Yeah. <laughs> this is so good. We got to get the, the politician involved. Yeah. We got to get someone down at City Hall to sign it and stamp it and say, yeah, you guys are good. What the fuck? I need, Who to, be val- I need to be validated. Who the hell decided that was a good idea? I want to know. I want to go back and meet the person who knew history. Thought that was a good idea. We're regressing a little bit here. Yeah, but we're vamping. We still got twenty minutes to kill. And <laughs> 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 we didn't plan jack shit. <laughs> and you didn't even bring us a joint. <laughs> no, I forgot. <laughs> ah, this is a terrible show. This late night love turned into a comedy show. It's not even a real late night show. What the hell? <laughs> We're a show for. Now, let's be honest. At, at eleven thirty at night, who's our audience? It's eleven thirty on on a Saturday oh night, my God. or it's two thirty on the East Coast type thing. So we're we're looking at we're looking for socially awkward stoners and night owls, night owls, geeks, nerds, and people who are lonely. Like uh, people like us. That's a scary thought. (laughs) (laughs) 
Maybe I should take that number down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was funny, though. Who's funny, though? <laughs> As you guys, yeah, I have a tendency to open my trap if I think something is funny. It's not the smartest thing in the world, but I have a tendency to do it. So that is for next week, because I doubt anybody's going to call in the next 15 minutes. And I doubt we're actually going to make it 15 minutes. I am running out of things to vamp with. But you can. One more question. Okay. Go one more question. Oh, I thought you had a question. No, no, no. You're the one who's (laughs) monitoring the comments. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but you asked one more question. Like you had a question. Oh, my bad. Hey, <laughs> okay, all right. You got okay, a question. I have a question. All right. What do you want? Okay. What do you love to do with your children and why? When I was younger or today? When you both. Let's let's go a two-part question. Today, I just like to watch. Specifically, I just like to. And it's from a. Long distance watch. I was, I'm a very organic parent. You kind of let your children grow. You, you're there and you feed them and nurture them so they can grow into what they want can want to be. And so as a younger person, as a younger person, as I was raising my children, the time I liked to spend with them was we would hang out in the kitchen. Now, we don't did we never did dinners like normal families. We never sat around at a table and had dinner. That's not how we did. But we did hang out in the kitchen. Okay, usually at like two in the morning, and we talked for hours about philosophy and life and history or whatever the hell. Lord knows what would come up around that <laughs> subject around that table. We literally talk about anything. Um, their friends would come over because they know that they could talk about anything here. And, you know, one of the things I like to do is, as, a, as a parent was I wanted to be the house everybody came to. So I wanted my children to be home, not out running the streets. We're on the edge of the ghetto. I want them in my house. I'll have their friends in my house. That's fine. <laughs> I want them here. I've got brick walls. We're good. <laughs> they can survive, boys. They're fine. I wanted them here. They're safer here than on the streets. And so I got to watch not just them grow up, their friends grow up. You've seen it. We, we, you know. Shout out to Ray. Ray, Mia, Mia. A whole list of them come through. And, you know, they come through. Cheers, friends. Yeah. Then they come in and out. We talk. We still do it with with their friends, you know, the, the children's friends. I yeah. still I still do. I still sit out there. I was talking with them just the other day. You get a chance to interact with young people. Makes me feel a little less old. Even though I know I'm old because I sit there and mention I'm old because it's obvious. You know, I I don't hear songs until You're two 50. years. I don't hear songs until two years later. Right? Hey, that song, I hear this cool song. It's like two years old. <laughs> right? It's all right. I used to be all into music. It's like I used to be kind of playing the hacker. I couldn't hack a computer now if it if it if I had to save my life. But you know, because I'm old and I didn't keep up. And even if I did, I, I I'm old. That's a fast young man's game. But back to the question of what I like to do with my kids is I just like to kind of hang around, talk with them, and just shoot the breeze because you can educate them more in those casual conversations than you can in a week in a classroom. You can tell them more about history. You can tell them more about sociology. You can talk to them more about psychology. You can talk to them more about how to navigate the problems with their friends and their schools. In those times, sitting around the the kitchen, just kind of BSing, then you can in a classroom setting. Now, there's some things you can't do there right you need both i'm not gonna say you you need both the kind of formal education but that formal education has to be based has to have a context around it a solid formation of values is the wrong word but it's the word we use i think it's more of a cultural mindset than values but because values are subjective 
but there's a cultural mindset. And so in a sense, what I do with my kids that are adults is now I like to watch them work through that on their own. Because my kids have actually taken that, not repeated it. They're not carbon copying that. They're making that their own. They're creating their own families and their own culture and their own values. And it's a nice thing to see because it means you've done something right. They're not going along just with you. They're not going along with the crowd. They're themselves. Which means they have a love of themselves and a love of their families. <coughs> and that's what we try to do. We try to love. And on that, we're a little short this week, but that's all right. We went 50 minutes. 50 minutes is going to do. We're only show three. We're still learning what the hell we're doing, as we can tell. Um, for those of you who catch us, thank you for spending your time with us. We will be back next Saturday at 1130. Uh, we're live on YouTube now. We've got the YouTube set up, and we will try to get a Late Night Love Facebook page set up next week. I really will. I'm trying to do one thing at a time. we got the love line working and set up this week. Next week, we'll try to get the Facebook page so it's a, so it's broadcast live on Facebook and YouTube together, um, kind of unified. And then we get to build, try to build an audience. So share with your friends. Hit the like, subscribe button, or whatever, all that funny stuff. And we'll get better if you keep coming back. Thank you, and good night. And please... Love everybody.